As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Killer, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome back to another episode here of You From The Bullens with myself, Ben Winstanley, joined by Paul Draper and The Bobble for this one. Just for a general chit-chat, really, for a bit of a catch-up with the most recent news and where we are a few days after the Premier League and obviously the commission decided to dock Everton 10 points. Bobble, where are we up to then? You know, Everton have stated they're going to be an appeal. What's the time frame? Mm. I know we've spoken about it before, but it's just given everyone time now just to settle down, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, it has, yeah. Um, not a lot's really changed, to be honest, since since it all came out on Friday in terms of Everton being deducted 10 points. There's obviously a lot of media talk, a lot of media publications running stories. And I think what's really, really important right now is to, is to, is to treat a lot of these stories as fabrication because a lot of them are, I'd argue, probably 95% of the stories being wrote or written by by journalists or publications are just that they're their fabrication and i think we've got to take a step back from some of these stories because ultimately some of them are clickbait so to speak some of them are journalists throwing caution to the wind because everton are now in unknown or uncharted territory you know we are where no club has ever been before in the premier league so trying to guess what is going to happen next or I'm not going to come on here and certainly do that and and I think some of the journalists or publications are trying to do that they're trying to second guess what's next and nobody knows what's next because ultimately Everton don't know what's next Everton have started the process of an appeal from the the, the 10 point deduction or the sanction um we've just got to wait and see where that goes to you know Everton will will no doubt now be in a media blackout in terms of talking about the sanction until they are legally allowed to communicate again. But I think what's important now, Everton have got to concentrate on a couple of things. And one of the things is the appeal, which they are doing constant, you know, which is what they are doing. They're concentrating on that. They um, are going to do their very, very best to, to try and get that sanction lifted from Everton and get the 10 points back, not just some of the points, but all 10. Ultimately, who knows what will happen, but that's the mindset that, go, that they're going in with. And again, this is an area or, or, or a territory that no club's been before in the Premier League. So trying to guess what's going to happen next is not fair on Everton. It's not fair on the fans. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's where obviously journalists and publications you know, will make their money ultimately. Um, and then the second thing that Everton have got to concentrate on is getting some points on the board. 
and the fans can whip up a frenzy. You know, we, we can make a lot of noise as a fan base, which currently is happening. You know, you only need to look at the, the, the 1878 Just Giving page of over £30,000 for flags and banners and, and multiple other things that is probably going to be taking place over the next coming fixtures. Um, talking to Sky Sports, talking to other media publications, giving the fan account, which I think is really, really important. But ultimately, we've got to get points on the board, and that's what Sean Dyche and the players have got to do alongside Kevin Thalwell. They've got to shut the door from all this noise and concentrate on what they can affect. And they can affect his Everton's league position right now by getting some points on the board and getting us up, up, up the league table quickly or quicker than we're, what we'd, you know, what we what we'd like. Um, what we need to do really is get up quicker, uh, just to take some of the stress away, stop us looking down, you know, stop us looking at around teams around us like Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley, and this team are capable of that. We know they are. We've, we've Sean Dyche in charge. It, you know, they've proved this season that they are capable of going to fixtures and getting a good, good, solid results. Um, and Everton, you know, ultimately, we were on for what, a mid-40s uh, points tally if we were going to go at the continued rate that we were currently going at without, you know, before the 10-point deduction. So there's no reason why Everton can't get out of that relegation area quicker than, than we think. Um, we do have some difficult fixtures. Manchester United, OK, they're struggling. They've got some injuries, but, you know, a wounded beast, so to speak, is still dangerous. We've got to be careful. Newcastle, we've got them coming up. Obviously, a really good team. They've got injuries as well, but still, they're capable. Nottingham Forest, they're decent. They can be on their day. Decent, not easy. So we haven't got easy fixtures, but what we've got to do is we've just got to control the controllables. And what can Everton control right now? We can control the appeal, which is what they are controlling. They're going... I'm led to believe pretty deep on this now. They're taking it all the way. But there will be a media blackout on this now. So I think what's got to happen is we've got to respect the appeal in terms of not not guess. We don't guess anyway, to be fair. But I think not talk about the angle of the appeal that the club are going in. Because they are going with a certain angle. And I think that has to be respected until said date when the appeal is over. Now that appeal has to be done before the end of the season. So there's no set date, but it has to be done before the end of the season in terms of the verdict from the commission, which is now a completely different commission to the first commission. So it's almost like starting, it's almost like a retrial, isn't it? Well, that's what it feels like. It feels like you go in again. Um, so I think that has to be respected. We have to respect Everton's, you know, privacy there because they, they, they are going into uncharted territory on their own. They're on their own. Let's be fair. They are on their own. There's there's no one backing Everton now. There's no Premier League club standing side by side with them. There's no one coming out to defend them. You know, the Premier League have washed their hands with them pretty much. You're on your own. So Everton have got to take the battle to the commission and then hopefully then to the Premier League. But again, that's for another day. Right now, Everton have got to control the controllables. The appeal is one thing. That's for the men in suits or the women in suits, so to speak. Uh, and that, that privacy will be respected 100%. And then on the field, what we can control is the controllables there. And that's Sean Dykes, the players, Kevin Thalwell and co. They've then got to control points on the board and start getting some points on the board because they are capable. It's difficult. You've got to kind of feel like you've got to go again. You know, we've had back-to-back relegation fights. Just when you think Everton may be turning a corner on the pitch, bang, you hit with a 10-point deduction. And the players have now got to find it within themselves to go to the well again. But they are capable. There's no doubt about it. They're a good set of lads. We've spoke about this on previous podcasts, but they're an honest bunch of players. We've got an whether you like him or not, he's an honest manager in terms of you know what you'll get from him. He'll make sure our, our charges, our team are fully focused on playing football and they're just 
ignoring what is happening off the pitch. And that's the best thing to do right now. He was very good at it at Burnley when you know they had money problems and they used to be go back and forth about transfer budgets. It always gets his team focused on the game and he's got to do that again with Everton now. Um, so yeah, there's two things that again, that Everton have got to control. The tr- control of the appeal, which they are, that is well and truly begun, believe me, well and truly begun the appeal and get some points on the board. And like I say, they are more than capable of getting themselves out of the relegation zone sooner rather than later, Ben. Um, but with the, the talk about some of the publications, the journalists, the stories that they're running, it, it, it's a disgrace. Let's have it right. It's an utter disgrace. It's, it's amateur hour by some fairly respectable journalists. I'm not going to name them, but fairly respectable journalists. Some of the articles that have been coming out are, are, are really, really poor. And I talked to some of these guys, as you know, I talked to some of these guys and I was, you know, a couple of articles over the weekend that came out, I was not disappointed, but I'm looking at it, I'm thinking you need to get your facts you know, straight before you start reporting stuff like this. Get your facts straight. And, and, and there's no doubt about it, you know, Everton fan base, we're an honest bunch and the fans have put some of these journalists straight, haven't they? They have, they've, they've called them out and, and rightly so to an extent because I think when you're reporting on, on tentative issues like this, you need to make sure your information is very, very factual and bang on the money and I think a lot of it now is throwing mud at the wall and just hoping some sticks. Um, you know, the, the, the continuation or the continued assault by Matt Hughes from the Mail, it, 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 it's just ridiculous. Just, just ignore it. Ignore it. It is absolutely rubbish. Uh, 99% of the stuff he writes about Everton is absolutely categorically rubbish uh, and I wouldn't waste your time on it I really really wouldn't um, you know I've, I've spoke to him before Matt Hughes and y- y- you can't reason with people that don't want to be reasoned with you can't reason with people that with respect are paid just to get some clicks you can't reason with them and you try and give the facts you try and set them straight and this is not just about Everton's 10 point deduction this is previous you know transfer news or transfer targets or or contract talks, or whatever it may be, you can't reason with these people. You can't because they're not bothered about if they're being f- facts, or if, if they're being factual. The, you know, the, the, ter- the term in the, in the industry is they're ambulance chasers. That's the term. You're an ambulance chaser. And, and that's what some of it is. It's, it's just absolutely rubbish. So honestly, Blues, ignore some of the stuff that's coming out from the publications. Everton have just got to concentrate on what we can achieve with the appeal and the controllables on the pitch. And you know what, Ben? We're a united club right now, aren't we? We yeah. are. We're a united club. Yes, we all know Everton have, have, have done wrong in terms of we, we shouldn't even be at a hearing, we shouldn't even be at a commission. But right now, that, that's got to be parked. You know, we, you know, Everton fans have done protests and everything like that over the last couple of seasons. That's got to be parked right now because we're in a battle and we're on our own. We're on our own. It, it really is Everton against the Premier League. It, and I mean everybody at the Premier League. Everybody. No one... Ha- Don't get me wrong. There are officials at some clubs that do have sympathy with Everton. There are. I've spoke to some and they do have sympathy. But they're not going to come out and bat, you know, come out to bat for you. They're not. They're not at all. They're, they're not going to come out and do that. You're on your own. So it, it is Everton kind of... You know, they're being there to shot at. And we've just got to stay strong as a football club control the controllables and we will get out of this. We really, really will. I honestly believe that as a fan base, as a club, as a set of players, as a bunch of staff, we will get out of this. Um, but right now, yeah, batting down the hatches, ignore 95% of the stuff that's being writ- written, guys. Honestly, ignore it. Don't pay it any attention. Um, and unless, unless it comes from certain journalists, the really top journalists, or with respect, if we come on a podcast and I'll tell you sort of thing, Ignore it, guys. Just ignore it because a lot of it is just absolute rubbish, Ben. 
Yeah, I think you've mentioned obviously Matthews. You know, the guy's an absolute idiot. I know you said you weren't going to name him, but he is an idiot. He's continuously throwing mud at the walls, continuously riling up the fan base, and it's just completely stupidity now. And acting in such a, a disgusting manner, because like you quite rightly said, he gets clickbaits. You know, probably gets paid per click, and you know, it winds me up, and I always seem to respond <laughs> on social media. Um, it was just sad to see like some journalists for like the Times. Um, you know, they released an article which was just complete fluff, to be honest. You know, they, they actually used the wrong calendar year for finances. Um, they spoke about spending on the Frank Lampard when this issue was years before Frank Lampard came into, into fruition. So if you're going to report stuff, you've got to make sure it's accurate and correct. And that's what we try and do on this podcast. We try and, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's to enable you guys and girls, the listeners, to understand ex- just exactly what we know and what is going on. You know, what we say is we don't want it to be true sometimes. We don't want Everton to be, you know, in breach. We don't want them to be guilty, but we will tell you exactly how it is and how we know. Paul Bobble said that we he feels that the club are united, especially off the field. Um, do you agree on this? Yep, I think we mentioned it, especially on Friday when it came out. It feels like for the first time in a in a long time, basically as long as I can remember it, really, the whole Everton family, Everton sort of and sort of job. The whole of Everton really is together in in one direction. That that includes fans, staff, players, management, board, uh, potential new owners. Everybody is together and fighting for the same cause and, and all all going in the same direction. And that's all you really want as a club. It is due to unfortunate circumstances and obviously we didn't want this to happen, but it's made us all unite and... And come together to try and try and make the team improve. Not not improve because we're playing re- we are playing really really well lately, and we're getting some really good results. But just to sort of drag them out of the out of the uh, out of the zone where out of the relegation zone, obviously where we are, and now maybe try and improve the reputation that the club may have took a hit over the last few days or a week, and. Yeah, and as you rightly say, we are united as one. The club is going in the right direction. I think it got it did get mentioned at the hearing. Everton's transfer policy has improved and it's heading in the right direction right now. But all we can do now, as the board rightly says, is wait and see what the appeal, what the appeal commission decides, where it goes, and where Everton wants it to go. They they're gonna go all into it, deep into the sort of into the matter and. That's all we can do, wait and see, and hopefully touch wood that they are successful in the appeal because I think they really, they should have. They've got enough to work on to wipe the floor with the Premier League, and I thought before the case, and I still think before, and I still think after the decision, they should be wiping the floor with the Premier League. Bob, well, let's talk about the mitigating factors then quickly. There's a few, isn't there? You know, some might say Everton are in breach. Yes, they are. But, you know, we, we did lose funding from USM and Megaphone, we that was out of our hands. You know, we couldn't sell Gilfie Sigurdsson from what happened, which we won't go into for legal reasons, but we couldn't obviously sell him and continue to pay his wage. The the war in Ukraine from Russia, as I touched on before, it, I'm not crying it in. I'm not trying to cry it in because I've spoken about it before. 
the board and the club, they, they could have put some stuff into into play to stop this happening. You know, we have misspent, we have spent millions and millions and millions of pounds on players that haven't taken us to the next step. Yes, the club gambled, but some part of it is just bad luck, and that's what the Premier League went with, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had mitigating circumstances, and they just said basically, no, you should have made provisions for that. And and again, it, this is where the, the, it's a grey area. This is where the ruling is a grey area. And this is where there is no ruling and it's more guidelines. And then you can bend these guidelines. And this is what we said originally. This was the problem. I mean, Everton have, have gone in and, and, and they have a mitigated some circumstances. They do. I mean, COVID's one, obviously. The, the, the Russian and Ukraine war. war. We, we can't legislate for that. We can't legislate for the Guilfi Sigurdsson issue incident. We, we can't legislate for that. Obviously, we lost USM because of the Russia and Ukraine war. Like, these, these things that Everton just cannot legislate for it's as simple as that it's all very well saying make provisions but who could foresee some of these things you can't and I think it's it's a it's very easy now to say in hindsight well you should have made provisions and I think that you know that's obviously just to suit the Premier League narrative or, or the commission narrative um, but Everton Everton defended themselves as, as well as they could let's have it right and and you may think they haven't. You may think they have in the in the the hearing. They defended themselves as well as they could. In reality, Everton were, were the guinea pig. We were the guinea pig, and we were going to be used as a pawn in a game, and that was it. And I think it was always going to be, you know, Everton didn't think they were going to get a point deduction. You know, that was the initial the, the initial thought process. We won't get a point deduction, but we may get suspended fine or a suspended point deduction or a suspended transfer embargo. You know, first offence. But obviously, the Premier League heaped a lot of pressure on the commission, a lot of pressure. The likes of Richard Masters, they just lumped the pressure on. Obviously, due to the government legislation, they want to come in and have an independent regulator. The Premier League don't want that, so they're trying to show that they can regulate their own league. So it was starting to transpire that Everton were going to be up against the wall a little bit here. And we were there to be shot at. And, and we have been shot at, there's no doubt about it. And I think what we've got to do now is, is like I've previously said, yes, the mitigating circumstances that Everton have put forward, I think some of them, are fair. I think some of them are fair. How can we foresee, you know, the Russian and Ukraine war? How can we foresee um, the, the the COVID issue? How can we foresee any of this? But ultimately, Everton did sell too close to the wind for too long, and we shouldn't have been in the hearing in the first place. And I think that's the most disappointing thing as an Everton fan that it's our club that is in front of a commission, in front of a hearing, because ultimately, why is it us? It shouldn't be us. We should be better run. And yes, it's all very well saying, you know, there are mitigating circumstances. Yes, there are. But nevertheless, we still want our football club to be so well run and such a well-oiled machine that it should never be in front of a commission or a hearing under any circumstances. And and we, we demand a better Everton, don't we, as a fan base? There's no doubt about that. And that's what we previously said when the news started to come out on the Friday. You know, we demand a better Everton and we demand our football club not to put themselves in this position ever again because you, you are there to be shot at and you're giving these people a decision to make. And I likened it to an on-the-field issue. If you give a referee a decision to make and he gives you a red card... Whether you deem it's harsh or not, or, you know, ooh, it was one of those orange cards, could have been a yellow, could have been a red. You've given him a decision to make, so why are you giving him that decision when you don't need to? And it, it's the same with the commission. Why are we giving the commission a decision to make when we don't need to, you know, you, you, you go around in circles with it. So ultimately, Ben, we need a better Everton. There's no doubt about that. And you'd like to think that they've learned from their mistakes over the last couple of years. Um, obviously, a lot of the people that were involved have now gone. They have gone. Um so we've just got to try and 
grit our teeth and get through this bit now. And if we can get through this bit, there might be some light in the tunnel with Bramley Moore imminently coming to completion, you know, not far away. You'd like to think then that we're kind of out, out the woods a little bit. Because we are out the woods in a lot of other things. We are, due to how strict we've been over the last couple of seasons with our expenditure, you know, salary cap and basically basically a salary cap, um, transfer fees, transfer outgoings and raising a lot of money. Everton are pretty much out of the woods in that respect now. So mitigating circumstances, the, the, the commission basically just, just thrown that out the door and said no, in a nutshell. Yeah, that was Everton's defence. And I think Everton kind of, like I say, I think they defended it pretty much as well as they could with the mitigating circumstances because I think some of them are legitimate reasons. Um, and I don't think there's any argument with some of them. They are legitimate reasons. It's not ideal to be in front of a hearing, but I think they're good reasons or good examples or good pieces of evidence to why we maybe have gone over the... The, you know the limit um, but uh, well, again we're going over old ground obviously with the Premier League they should be ashamed of themselves they were working with Everton for two calendar years they washed their hands with us they basically blamed Everton which is really really poor um, they, they were signing our accounts off signing our books off they knew where our accounts were they knew where they were at and they're asking for a 12 point deduction that was what they asked for a 12 point deduction how can they ask for a 12 point deduction when they've worked with Everton again they signed our accounts off it was practically them signing our accounts off because we wouldn't do any business unless it had gone through the Premier League. So they're basically signing our accounts off, giving us the green light and things. The government then want to have an independent regulator. They throw evidence to the wolves and then say, yeah, give them a 12-point deduction. That's what we recommend, even though they were signing our books off. It's laughable, isn't it? It's laughable and it goes round. You do a full circle with it and you'll drive yourself crazy with this because we've been, all, you know, as a fan base, we've all been driving ourselves crazy with it because you're in uncharted territory. No club's ever been here before. You have no idea what's going to happen. You can't legislate for what has happened right now. You can't. No one foreseen this coming. Everton didn't foresee this coming. So all the guesswork from the, the publications, the journalists, ignore it, like I previously said. We've just got to take every day as it comes now, right now. And you know what? Whatever comes our way, we've just got to puff our chest out and go for it because ultimately... We are being used as a pawn. We are being used as a guinea pig. Let's just see what happens with the appeal. That's now begun. And you know what? If we get some of our points back, great. If we don't, we grit our teeth and we're going to have to try and stay up regardless, which I'm confident this team can, like I proved, said they can do it. Um, but, you know, it, it's opened up a can of worms for so many of the clubs. So many of the clubs. And, you know, I've been speaking to some really important people at other Premier League clubs and some of these Premier League clubs have been named by publications and journalists in terms of you know or they're going to appeal a compensation fee against Everton and all this sort of stuff and I've been speaking to some executives at these clubs and they've said to me we're not looking at um, looking for compensation from Everton we're not if you, if you if you apply for compensation at Everton so purely hypothetical now if you're a Leicester and you want to now apply for compensation at Everton that means you have to submit your books as well do you think Leicester want to have their books looked at? I'm telling you now, no chance. I'm telling you that for a fact. No, some of these clubs do not want to have their books looked at either. So everyone's now, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, saying, you know, Everton are going to be charged with 300 millions worth of compensation fees and all this sort of stuff. Again, 95% of the stuff that's being written is absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Um, and if I could come out and name these executives, this is not me saying, oh, I know this, but I can't say if I could come out and name these executives on air, I would. Ben, you know I would. I'd come out and name them. Um, for obvious reasons, I can't. But again, 95% of the stuff that's been written, absolute rubbish, mate. Paul, what do you think is a, if we do appear, what would you like to see happen? Because obviously we are guilty. What, what do you think is fair? It's a difficult one, I think. Anything that gives us some points back now, I'd, I'd be happy with, really. Because in my head, it's 10 points and we've got to go with that. So anything that gives us 
four to five, maybe six. Had a had a positive, had a push, maybe six. Any end up between four and six points, I think I'd be happy with. And I think the club should really get that back, expect that back. So yeah, anything anything around them kind of ways. But I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one because we haven't been. No one's ever been here before. Mm, that's obviously, the thing, isn't obviously it? Obviously, we could have wrote all that that off going to administration and have one point more right now. Which is, which is bizarre. It, it, it's just completely mad that you could write all your dads off, go into admin, get nine points deducted, and you and you better off. Well, but it just doesn't make sense. But but yeah, any in between four and six points, I think the club will be extremely happy with themselves. I think where I stand is the Premier League have set a very dangerous precedent here. Uh, I feel like there's nothing in motion to obviously determine what the actual punishment should be. There's nothing written down. There's no rules or figures to say if you break this you will receive x y and z everton did not know what they were going to be receiving by breaking these rules so for an off the field issue and to receive a sporting related sanction in regards to points i feel like it's very unfair and excessive the problem that everton are gonna have to find now is they're gonna have to accept that they are guilty you know i think they did obviously change their plea later on and accepted that they were in some sort of breach however the punishment does not fit the crime, as we've spoken about before. You know, it's it, I described it earlier as committing a petty theft and obviously being charged with murder and um, sentenced to life in prison. That's how it feels being Evertonian. We spoke about it before, you know, nine points for going into administration. I just feel like the Premier League have now set such a high bar that they have to follow through with everyone now. And there's going to be a few teams over the next few years. I think Nottingham Forest are close. Leicester City was certainly close. Mm. And a few Aston others. Villa. They've Aston all been given Villa. warnings. The, the people have been given warnings. So, if, you know, if they want to go through these things with a fine tooth comb, you will unearth skeletons in the closet. You absolutely will. Chelsea and Man City are probably going to find that. I think with the appeal, I think what, how I think this is fair is, and I think how this should have been dealt with, Everton should have received a hefty fine. You know, there's no excuse for the, the owner to say the owner is, is, is wealthy. The owner has lost nearly a billion quid in purchasing Everton Football Club. The owner is selling the football club on the cheap because he wants to get rid of it because he's not making any money. So to then use the fact that he's, he's, he's minted anyway, it's going to hit him financially, hit him financially hard because he deserves to be a financially hard for running the club into the ground. And you look to obviously implement some sort of off-the-field sanction. So you look at a transfer embargo. I, I feel like that would be fair. You know, it stops Everton from improving their squad for a couple of, you know... Would you have accepted that? Wins. Would, would, would I, you have would accepted have. a transfer embargo? I, I would have. I, it would have been difficult. You know, it really would have been difficult. And it probably puts us under a lot of pressure. How long would you want the embargo to last? I think what's fair is, it, you know, just for a season, you know... You think one calendar year? One calendar year. And obviously it'll probably have to start next summer. And you'd have accepted that? I, I think that would have been fair. You know, off the field sanction. The club can't improve the marketing strategy. You can't get new players in, can't get new shirts in. I think that's fair. You get a hefty fine and a transfer embargo and you say, you have broke the rules on spending on players. So you are now have to face the consequences and dealing with this by utilising the squad you've got now. I think that's fair. I really, really do. Would you have took that, Paul? I'd rather take the four points deducted, mate, or six. Would you? I think with how our squad is, a transfer embargo could, could kill you. Know? It, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Obviously, looking back in, in hindsight now, and obviously seeing how tight it is down there and the teams that don't seem to be very good, I think 
if there was ever to get a, a point deduction to look at maybe any positives, it, it was now. Because it's the season. I, I think if we'd have got a points deducted last season, if the, if the hearing would have been done by then, it would have been a mountain and a half to climb for the, for the players and, and the coaching staff. But I, I, I actually would tend to agree with you, but I think that would be a more fairer kind of punishment. I think it would have made it harder for Everton to stay up next season with that transfer embargo and to stay up this season with the points deducted. However, but it, it does impact the club more more in a financial way and not in a sporting way. It doesn't, it doesn't punish the fans, which is the saying that's been coming out a lot, not only now, but in the past few years with all the matches that have been in the Premier League. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I, I would have took the transfer ban probably before the points. I know I said the, the other one uh, earlier, but, <laughs> but I think a transfer ban would have made it. Would have been fairer than uh, that large points deduction. I think it, the fact that it was just 10 points just makes it so mm. much worse. The, the biggest sporting sanction in Premier League history. It's very confusing as to how that decision has been made. Uh, although They can't does, even explain it themselves. It does seem like it's just, well, before the regulator comes in, bang, you're, you're going and we'll deal with the rest when it comes. Mm. Well, I'm going to ask you, Pat, then. Okay, so before we got 10 points on the Friday... What would you have deemed fair? You just said you've accepted a transfer. What would you have deemed fair? So before we knew the outcome, what Ben, I'll come to you. For, what would you have deemed fair? I, I, I would have wanted the embargo to feel like it's an off-the-field issue. I think that would have been fair. I also think if they are going down the line of points and they are showing the you know the government bodies, the politicians, that they can govern themselves, a fine and three points with a further three suspended. Do you not think that's harsh for first defence? Three points is not ten points, for goodness sake. Ten points is absolutely extortionate. Mm, I agree. You know, a petty, a petty. You know, you three, three points, three suspended, or you go six suspended, and if we go through next year's books, then you're going to get hit nailed even harder. So that all the it's it's difficult because it's unprecedented waters. No one's been Mm, here before. So it's hard to deem what's fair and what's not. All I know is ten points is not fair. Mm. It really isn't fair. Paul, what do you think? If, if you were going to accept a fine before Friday's verdict, what would you have accepted? Well, I think the club needed to be hit with a hefty fine, but... You mean financial fine? Yeah, they, they, would have had, they had to be hit with a big fine because they they deserve it. It's like when, obviously, when City had their financial fair play troubles with UEFA or whatever it was, the, the legal battle that they were there, they ended up getting a big fine and I think a suspended ban... So something along them lines, a suspended transfer ban or points and a big, big financial fine. I think that would have been the fairest way to do it for your first defence and something that it hasn't really unprecedented times, as we as we rightly say. Nobody's been here before, nobody's been in the mortgage, you don't really know what the sanctions are, there's nothing in place to say this and this and this for that for that kind of breach. So yeah, I think a suspended embargo or Points, although I think points is not as fair, but a big, big financial fine is what I think would have been the fairest mm, thing for the club. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think I think any point deduction was unfair. First sanction, no club's really been there before, and given all the other fines and punishments from UEFA to, to Champions League clubs and fines from other clubs in general in the past, I think a point deduction for a first offence, one singular offence, one singular sanction. I think it was extremely harsh, and I know Everton were going down that angle as well. That anyway, down that route, that 
any point deduction was extremely, extremely harsh. Um, so I, I wouldn't have accepted any point deduction at the start. No, I said, nope, you know, I just don't think it was fair. I think a fine, yeah, I get that. I get a financial hit. Um, to an extent, I do get that. Transfer embargo, you know, they're saying that it's 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 a non-sporting sanction, non-sporting offence, because obviously it's got something to do, with, you know, it's obviously, again, to do with the stadium. Um, again, how does a transfer embargo then, then qualify as a fair sanction when it's a non-sporting sanction? So I think they kind of, there's so many loopholes and so many contradictions within the report um, that you can just pick holes of it left, right, and if you sit, if you read through what is it all forty-one pages, which I've read, read through them, you can literally just pick holes in it left, right, and from the official statement, the official report, and obviously after speaking to people within the Premier League and at Everton, it, it contradicts itself completely. It really, really does. It's just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. So no, I, I don't think I'd have taken any point deduction. Me, obviously, we, you know, it's all hindsight now. But I think before the Friday, if you just said, you know, what would you deem as acceptable? For me, Ben, no, I don't think any points for me, mate, would have been acceptable. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted that we've got 10, let alone three. And there we have it, ladies and gents, another episode of Chit Chat. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed it. You know, we just try to provide a bit more clarity on the situation of what is such a clouded few weeks um, at the football club. And it's going to be a lot more ups and downs along the way. But anyway, thank you so much to everyone who supports the podcast. Wayne Craig at CC Logis Express Logistics. Mike Keogh at CND London and Darrell at the Beer Keller. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. And as always, the Patreon members yourselves, guys and girls. Honestly, we can't thank you enough. Um, we've got such a busy December coming up. Loads more podcasts, the Christmas events, you know, loads more stuff on the, on the horizon. We're looking at different ways to improve the channel. We're looking at different ways to better your experience we hope you enjoying the podcast you know feel free to leave your comments in the section what would you deem as acceptable you know we've had our say what would you deem as acceptable and we can use them on the next episode where we reevaluate and we discuss all your opinions in the meantime have a great week and up the toffees <laughs> <laughs>